You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Monday. It is the Out of Sight Podcast. It is Adil Royster, your co-host, Dave Early, the other co-host of this fine program. And Dave, I got to say, as I say many times on a Monday when we record, it's just so depressing recording <laughs> after a Sixers loss. Not necessarily with you, because I always have fun podcasting with you no matter what the heck we're talking about. But after a Sixers loss, particularly in the fashion that they lost last night it just does not sit well i there's a lot of a lot of pain going through the brain right now how do you explain that loss what what would you chalk it up to milwaukee at home getting home buckets i guess because when you look at some of the percentages here damn near 58% from the field 35% from 3 getting eight more free throws than the Sixers and out rebounding them 42 to 36, not a huge margin, but at the same time, it just looked like the bucks were happy to be home for this game. And the Sixers were just like, all right, we may just take this L, but at the same time, we're not afraid to see this team. Even though the simple fact is, if you see them in the playoffs, you have to play four times in Milwaukee. The Sixers, went in there on March 4th and actually looked like the better team. They did. They looked, like, they looked like if you had played that out on a neutral court, the Sixers would win a seven-game series. And they looked like if it was a seven-game series in Milwaukee, they'd be very live. Um, but the difference between that one month later, Chris Middleton looks like Chris Middleton. He didn't when we faced him. Correct. And he has gone from, I'm kind of ramping up to, all right, um, Middleton again yeah and and you saw that in the first quarter I know they got really really hot and they just kind of ran the Sixers off and it was never never uh fully recovered they cut it to five when Tyrese Maxey kind of went nuts playing some good two-way play for him which we could get to in a bit if you want um Tyrese Maxey is just absolutely raining threes still finishing around the rim Finally starting to get a couple free throw calls here and there and picking up full court, which seems to have made him a better defender. I don't know. He's like locked in. He's talking to his boy, Emmanuel, quickly. 
getting that uh getting that New York Knicks level of defense <laughs> that that Thibs has quickly playing from the Kentucky guard. So yeah, um yeah, it was a tough night, but there were still some good things there to build upon. I don't know, man. I don't think James Harden is right. The team's no longer listing him and Embiid on the injury report, but I feel like they easily could. Yeah. Something about James's stat line was just minus 12, 11 points, six assists, but he had five turnovers on the road. I'm sorry, James, we can't have that. I understand that you're trying to be the facilitator and not so much the scorer, but if you're turning the ball over at that rate, basically one-to-one, that's not, that's not going to be what we need come playoff time. Yeah, and there was a little bit of a chess match within that game. So whatever you think of James is and where he's at in terms of that Achilles. And uh, my feel is he's definitely not 100%. He's certainly not the same level of quickness that we saw on March 4th, or at least rhythm or whatever it is. He's got a bag, and it's not based on speed. You know what I mean? But what we did see was the Bucks completely hone in on those pocket passes that beat them in the last head-to-head yes and so i've never seen this before you saw Giannis. uh this was pointed out in the athletic just basically putting both of his arms and the enormous wingspan he has along the ground to deter james from making the pocket pass to joe um and so he had to counter by flinging a few over his head back to joe for the three-pointer he threw a few behind his back which led to a couple jumpers early in the third, I think. But then Drew Holiday picked off one of those. So they kicked a couple. They picked off two or three. They were all over it, and the Sixers weren't ready to counter with something else. Uh, And that's obviously something that every team that has to play the Sixers is going to spend a lot of time watching on film. And to your point, the kickouts to Joel from three, like they're fine if he's sort of hitting them. But he went one for seven last night and with only five free throw attempts. Again, that's one of those things. So five free throw attempts for Joel Embiid, two for Harden. When you're talking about two guys that get eight or more a game, generally. The The Bucks wanted to limit that from happening and they did a fantastic job. If you're switching that pick and roll, which the Celtics will be, and we'll get another look at another way to defend that. Oh, yeah. Um, it's probably pound for pound better and a little bit harder for James to beat. If you're not and you're going over and you're chasing him, he does love to hit those pocket passes. The Bucks use that well because, as you know, they play that drop coverage with Brooke Lopez, who they love around the rim, spying. So their ability to play that drop coverage and stick to it and also deter James' pocket passes, that was a a new challenge that they're going to have to work on in the little bit of time they have to practice during the play-in. With the Bucs, we talked about how they started off very hot, like 7 of 7 from the field to start the game, I think it was. And just to come back to Middleton, Giannis is always going to get his – Sometimes Brooke Lopez has those games where he has 21 points and is like lights out from the field. You don't always get that from him, but then also holiday is coming in with 18 of his own. If Middleton's starting to come back into form, I have an all new worry about the Milwaukee Bucks. I was already worried before where it's just like, okay, if we see these guys in the playoffs, 
Middleton's not quite Middleton yet, but after last night, I'm like, if that's the Middleton they're getting come playoff time, I I don't know how this thing, I don't know how the Sixers swing this their way. Yeah, the last time you were this worried about the Bucks was 2021, and they won the championship. So. Right. So my my worry has merit, and it if has that's merit. The, and if that's the case, everybody start putting money on the Bucks to win the title I, right now. I can I can vouch because I debated you all year the Nets were going to beat the Bucks. I, what did I say? It went what your I, way. Why? No one listens to me. No injuries, one listens. Injuries. To me. No one listens to me. Um. <laughs> I will say this about the Sixers' performance over the last uh, month and a half, two months. Tyrese has been looking really, really sharp. 29 points last night, 6 of 7 from the field, from 3. And I saw some tweet earlier today, and it was just like, Tyrese shouldn't be taking this many threes a game. And I'm like, no, if he's open, jack those up. We said differently about Ben Simmons, uh, so why is it okay for Sim- for you to want Simmons to take those shots, but Maxie's literally wide open or at least can get himself open and can take those shots? Well, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. Here's a tweet. Here's a tweet from Krishna Narsu. Oh, good. Max- you found it. Maxie should take like 10 threes a game. Even if it's not 10, the current 6.2 per game is definitely not high enough. Over the last two years, he's shooting 39.7% on 297 pull-up threes and 45 percent on 373 catch and shoot threes so this dude is absolutely lights out i grabbed that tweet and i put up since he was reinserted into the starting lineup only the splash brothers steph curry and clay thompson have made more triples than him since march 1st and that's taking 52 more tries so maxi has just been lethal from distance uh, in his you know career now and since getting back out there playing a bunch of minutes with Harden, no longer playing those all bench with Matisse and Trez, Shake and Niang. Yeah. Because that really hurt his confidence for a stretch there. Um, he definitely seems to be getting it back. And there's something to be said about when you have all-star players around you and you can play off of that you can do the two-man guard game with Harden you can do the pick and pop pick and roll thing with Embiid you can't really do that with guys like Niang and Melton and Paul Reed not to say that they're bad players but they're just not on the level as uh the Sixers all-stars yeah when they got Harden I certainly didn't expect Maxie's game to be so benefited by his presence but man they're a really nice complimentary like big age gap duo so the Bucks are now 56 and 22. The Sixers are 51 and 27. And looking at the standings, we're now five games back with four to play, I believe. Yes, four. And then this we're still three back of the Celtics for the two seed. We play Boston tomorrow. We'll get into that matchup in a second. But Milwaukee, one seed. Boston's two games back. You think they catch Milwaukee? No, I think Milwaukee just needs some combination of three of their own wins and something like that to clinch, right? So yeah, basically they would have to, the Celtics would have to win out, win all four of their games. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong or let it go for fact checkers later, I believe they would need to win out and the Bucks would lose two of the remaining four, which I don't think is likely. Basketball reference has it like well over 90 percent i think around 90 percent that the bucks get the one seed 
the Sixers, if they lose to the Celtics on Tuesday, would help Boston stay alive. If if they do, they if they do win, they close the door on the Celtics pretty much, just moving up to the one seed. So if you did have a strong preference for who you wanted to play in round two, assuming the Sixers could get past the Nets, who were shaping up to be their first round opponent, um, maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for you if the Celtics won tomorrow. On the other hand, that would certainly have some MVP implications, you'd think, for Joel if they Correct. lost another one. And I'm not even worried about the MVP anymore. We'll get into it in the, after the break. But listen, Miami Heat, Atlanta Hawks, Toronto Raptors, Chicago Bulls. Uh, good luck when you have to play this Milwaukee team. Um, I, I said it before, and like Dave said in 2021, um, yeah, Bucks pretty much all the way right now, unless barring catastrophic injury. I just don't really see a hole in the Bucks game. Do you? The, you know, I, I put this in a post the other day. The We could be looking at them trying to get their third in a row if Middleton didn't get hurt last year. I'm not yes. saying they would have beat the Celtics if he was fully healthy, but that series was close enough where I think they could have. And then maybe they could have beaten Steph Curry. Maybe they would have lost. But we would probably all see them a little bit differently if they had won back-to-back championships or at least made the finals the year after they won it. Um, you know, the Bucks are a really good team. They're stacked. All that said, I absolutely think the Celtics could knock them off. I think a team to come out of the West could beat them, but they're in the driver's seat for sure. There is a formula where the Sixers could knock off Milwaukee, but it would definitely be a seven-game series. Like, they, it would not be – like sixes and five, sixes and six, that thing would have to go seven. And then you're looking probably to probably have to win in six. I think you have to win on your home floor. You'd have to steal one of the first two, like, uh, like the formula for the game against the Raptors in 2019, but the Sixers lost game four, which would have put them up three, one that hurt. Yep. I, think the, I think it would be like that. You'd have Joel going toe to toe and being better than Giannis. You'd have to have James Harden appear healthy again. Like he did the first time uh, they played in March. And then you would need Maxi to continue cooking, and you need Tobias Harris to hold need his Tobias own. Need Tobias Harris. He just hasn't held his own lately. Last need- thing about the Bucks before we go to break: uh, Is there a chance they get the triple crown? And by that, I mean Coach of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, MVP. Yes, definitely a chance. Um, I was making Embiid's argument for MVP by pointing out, which we'll get to, just how how good and stacked they are. But let's pick that up after the break. Out of the break, out of sight podcast. We will preview the Celtics game or tomorrow night. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just the gauntlet of the one and two seeds in the East, and the Sixers have not been up to the task so far. Boston tomorrow. We'll see how it rocks. After the break, we'll discuss. Back in a second. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. It is the Outside Podcast from the Liberty Bullish Podcast Network. 
I am Dio Royster. Dave Early joins me as always. Sixers lose to the Bucks last night. Boston coming to the crib tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Dave, I, I don't like how the Sixers looked against Milwaukee. And with Boston coming to town, I feel like it's just going to be a spiral. And I just don't like where this is going. Before, when we were talking about Milwaukee defensively, we're looking at a team like Boston that does a lot of the same things defensively in terms of like switching, staying in front of guys, blocking those pick and roll lanes, attacking the passing lanes. There's just something, there's a formula that both Milwaukee and Boston has against this, this Sixers team. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the Sixers are healthy. Uh, I know that the Celtics and Bucks both have much higher payrolls than the Sixers. You know, they're spending like 30 million more on talent and you can see it when, you, you know, when they turn to guys like Malcolm Brogdon and Grant Williams off the bench and the Sixers are turning to Shake Milton and Jalen McDaniels, there's a talent disparity there for sure. For and sure. You need James Harden to be fully healthy and he's clearly not yet. I posted some pretty stark first half, second half splits. So I'm wondering if maybe that, Achilles is tightening him up, up on him because he's just not been the same player in the second half of ball games lately. Um, if the Sixers can somehow pull it out, they are favored by one and a half points, but I just checked. Are they? 75% wow. of the bets have already come in on the Celtics for VI, VSIN. But yeah, one and a half point. They open as one point favorites. The Sixers did. They're now one and a half point favorites. So Vegas seems to think they have the edge here, but the early money has come in on the Celtics. If somehow you get that win, I'm good shutting James Harden down for the final three games. There's a back-to-back Heat Atlanta, and then there's what figures to be like a preseason vibey final game against the first-round matchup Nets. Totally fine if you wanted to scratch James Harden if they could beat the Celtics for the final three. I think I'm with you on sitting James Harden because we've talked all season long where it's just like, I don't know about you, but personally, I don't care about regular season wins, losses. I only care about regular season losses when it comes to the loss of player availability. That's my only that's my only loss concern. So I think I'm with you, especially if you, like myself, believe that Harden is just not right yet. Give him that extra time to right. heal. Just give him that time to heal. There's nothing wrong with that. If you're locked, Dave, if you're locked into the three seed already. Well, you got you got to win one more. So if you lose to Boston, it starts to feel a little bit of pressure because if the Cavs win out and they have three games against two against Orlando and one against Charlotte. So let's assume the Cavs are going to win out. Okay. Then you have to win one in order to tie them. You do possess a tiebreaker. So if you lose to Boston – now you're looking at the back-to-back against a home game against the Heat, which I don't know if Adebayo will play because he's got a hip. And then yeah. you've got and then you've got Atlanta on the road fighting for their playoff play and whatever lives. I don't know how seriously they'll take that game. Where they I mean, want to land? I mean, they're in the play-in, so it's, do they want to be eight or nine? That's all. That's what it is. <laughs> exactly. So, so they want that home game. They'll be playing hard. The Sixers will be tired and beat up by then. And then you don't want to have to put all your marbles in the final game of the season to win a game in Brooklyn to lock up the three seed on a skid because that would be the worst way to go into the playoffs. Okay. That could cost Joel the MVP. You really want to get one of these first two games and just end it 
between Boston and Miami. Uh, so, and then rest everyone. So just lock up the three seed as quickly as possible and just shut Embiid and Harden down. So he was like, all right, we got the three seed. We got Brooklyn or Miami. We're, we're fine. Everything good. We'll just take it. If MVP wasn't a consideration whatsoever, then you could honestly make a case for just shutting Joel and James down right now for the final four games. And you say, you know what? Maybe Maxi gets us one of these wins and we're the three. But if we're the four, we play a New York Knicks team in round one at home, and we're not sure if Julius Randle will be available. And that slates us for the Bucks in round two. Some people think they're a better matchup against Milwaukee than Boston, blah, blah, blah. But the MVP is a consideration, and, and I feel for Joel having been so close the last two years. I, I wouldn't want to just shut him down. I don't think he would have let you anyway. I think he <laughs> has earned enough of a Supermax say to say, I'm going to play another couple games. So I just so I will say two things and then continue with your MVP point. Uh, number one, I do not fear the Knicks. With all respect to our previous guest Howard Beck, I have no fear in the Knicks whatsoever. Bring on the Knicks, whatever. I will go to Madison Square Garden, red, white, and blued out. I don't care. <laughs> I do not care. I just don't. I really don't care about the Knicks. The Knicks do not frighten me in the least. Um, I do agree with you that were it. Not for MVP conversation. This really shouldn't be an issue. Shut everybody down for the last four games of the season. But you look at these odds, and Embiid right now is still the favorite at minus 230. Wow, that's a big favorite. With Jokic at plus 240. Giannis plus 600 after last night's game. Was Joel 230? Minus 230. That's like a 65% favorite. Giannis had 33 and 14 against a top three team in the East, and he's still plus 600. That's Kevin, Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer, and I tweeted this out, zero of the six Ringer voters last year voted Joel first for MVP a year ago. Four of those six didn't have Joel second either, and Kevin O'Connor just said, Well, that's just, I'm sorry, that's just bullshit, Ringer. That's just yeah. bullshit. I'm sorry. <laughs> KOC said Giannis is the best player in the NBA and still number one on my ballot with one week to go. I pointed out that Drew Holiday was an all-star who seems live for all NBA and all defensive teams. Lopez seems likely to win DPOY. Uh, you got a yeah. top three payroll. You got a coach of the year candidate. You're talking about the triple crown. And they're only four or five games ahead of the Sixers. Harden missed a month. Maxi missed a month. Is the, you know Is Giannis's case resting heavily on a really really great team i think more so than joel's for sure so i think you know maybe if you switch places the sixers would be looking at like a 60 win season if he had it if pj tucker was playing at the level brooke lopez was alone i i wish i could remember if Jokic had the same kind of things that you were talking about but i can't remember one of those mvp years where he was really playing with uh, coach of the year and like a defensive player of the year and another all-star. His narrative was the other way. It was like, without him, this team is horrendous. Yeah. And then Giannis, it's, this team is so good and Giannis is their best player. That's his case. So in those two, the, the narratives undercut Joel's case either way. I do believe, and I said this to Howard last week, I'm starting to come around on the whole Giannis for MVP train a little bit no disrespect to Joel if I had a ballot right now it would be Giannis gets first vote Embiid gets number two Jokic close three 
And I think something but, that Howard said yesterday really matters. Milwaukee is a team that matters, right? They're 56 and 22. They have the best record in the NBA and they have the best record in the, they have the best record in the NBA period. Giannis is their best player period. He's probably the MVP, but to your point, Giannis does have a lot more to lean on coach bud drew holiday drew holiday and brooke lopez potential defensive players of the year whereas joel doesn't really have anybody like that he has harden as a second star yeah you could argue harden when healthy is better than drew holiday but pound for pound holiday's been out there more yeah it's two-way player he doesn't have the sprained foot that cost him 14 games in November or December, and he doesn't have a current Achilles thing. And you saw that he pretty much locked up James, whatever version this version of James is, last night. And literally the defensive player of the year next to him in Brooke Lopez. So that's a lot more help than Joel's had. When you look at the defense that Joel is helping pull together, I mean, Maxie's been improved. I think Tyrese Maxey has improved like 30% defensively over the last six weeks. Yes. But he has not been a plus defender on the season. So when you look at the help that the Bucs have had, I think it's substantially more than Joel's had. How much credit do I want to give Giannis when Embiid has played 224 more minutes than him? And that's basically four and a half basketball games yeah. with less with less help. I will say this, and I said this to Howard last week also, but I'm going to see if you kind of agree with it as well. There's really no wrong answer this year. Just like last year, there's not really a wrong answer because everybody has a strong-ish case, except for Giannis, as you uh, outlined, because of all the help he has. I, I don't think I would have a problem one way or the other. Like It would suck that Embiid didn't get it this year when this is clearly his best year possible where he should get it. Yeah, this is Embiid's best personal year. Last year was the year he had the best case for MVP because Jokic's team was the sixth seed. Yes. Embiid's team was the fourth seed. But Embiid is better this year. And Steph Curry said it uh, the day we're recording this. Per Chris B. Haynes, he would vote for Joel Embiid because Joel was already dominant. And coming into this season, he took another leap. And a lot of people didn't expect him to do that. He reached another level from an MVP caliber level which is kind of crazy and it's why i think you see you saw it at all-star weekend joel was the first pick off the board for lebron yeah among the starters Jokic had to select himself otherwise he would have been the last and i think <laughs> what that signals to you is among the top players in the league they do favor joel versus Jokic. are you are you glad that i'm talking myself down off the Jokic for mvp train since I've been doing it for like six months, <laughs> I'm a little bit I'm a little bit relieved because the the least effective argument to me is the triple double thing. And okay. I think yeah. I think back to James Harden. Like James Harden didn't average a triple double in 2017. He lost to Russell Westbrook, who did. But the Rockets won eight more games, and Harden was like a few rebounds away from averaging one. If he just went all in on averaging a triple double. Even if he was willing to cost the Rockets four five wins, he could have done that, but he just did what it took to get the win. So it's just an arbitrary statistical threshold. If Joel Embiid didn't play defense, if he stopped playing defense, he could average four or five more assists. If that was his only goal. He would play in 10 more ball games per year. But he is a two-way player in an increasingly up-tempo NBA. That's hard to do. So what he and Giannis are doing, I think, 
is more impressive to a degree than what Jokic is doing because totally, they're such great defense players. Totally fair. I, I think that's a good spot to end today's podcast. We're just going to get ready for the Celtics tomorrow night. Uh, I personally will be getting ready for the San Diego State Aztecs-UConn matchup because you can't see it in the audio, but I'm wearing my San Diego State Aztecs t-shirt. I am an alumnus of San Diego State. So, so my sister of... goes to FAU. She's still heartbroken. Everyone's heartbroken. On I'm that sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. I Listen, Lamont Butler, onions. That's all I can say. Almost stepped out. Let's, we're not bringing that up. We're not bringing that up. Like, <laughs> you scrub. Didn't, Scrub all photos of that off the internet. He was he was in. He, he was in. Uh, um, so that'll be that'll be a fun one. Uh, speaking of fun ones, let's 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 tease this now. That way we can both get our like homework in order. Dave, next Sunday season ends. What do you say Monday when we record before the playoffs start? Maybe hopefully. Let's let's give our picks for first, second, and third team NBA all NBA. Okay. That sounds that sounds like a fun exercise. I've never done this before because I don't have an all NBA vote. I I'm I don't think Dave has an all NBA vote. Don't have a vote. Okay. All right. So this these will be our silly, ridiculous votes that won't count for anything, but we're gonna do it anyway because people love the content and the discourse. So have to, yeah. That that's our homework assignment next week. I'm in all, all NBA first, second, third team. Here's the all right. Here's my question though about that. Are we doing it traditional uh, center, two forwards, two guards? Or are we doing positionless basketball here? The new rule is positionless, but it's not implemented for this current season. So I say we stick with the current rules one more time. Damn it! So what is it? Three forwards, two guards. But you know, but when we do it, you can say I'm slating X here at center. But if I didn't have to, if I could include all forwards, here's what. Damn it. All right, fine. That's just more work for me. Jesus. All right. If I could do two centers and run Jokic at point guard, here's how I totally would. Work. I yeah. absolutely would. <laughs> Jokic at center and beat at center. Let's go. Luca Luca at the two and beat at the five. <laughs> Let's go. Giannis at the four. We need one more. Stay uh, Duran at the point. No, I'm kidding. That's just ridiculous. All right. Next week, Dave and I will be giving our all NBA picks. So stay tuned for that. Until then, go Sixers. Hopefully we get that win against the Celtics so that we can rest everyone. Just that would be nice. Just get the Celtics win and we can shut it down. Just shut it down. Beat Boston and shut it down at the crib. Hopefully tomorrow night that happens. We're going to get out of here. Ship the MVP and we'll focus on the playoffs. Ship the MVP to the Wells Fargo Center, care of Joel Embiid, and let's just end this whole thing. Let's just get to the playoffs already. Like we're Ship done. It. We're done. We're Dave, end this you, debate forever. Are you tired of the regular season yet? I'm done. I'm tired of the regular season. I just want to get to the playoffs. This, this regular season went so fast when I think back to the summer. And oh on the other God. hand, and on the other hand, I, I'm like, I can't believe they're playing again. These guys <laughs> never get a night off. This this last the last what month seems like it's been dragging on for several. I'm like, okay. Crazy. God dang it. All right. So we're going to get out of here. Sixers Celtics tomorrow night. Go Sixers. We're going to get out of here. Talk to everybody next week.
What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the PropG Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. 